This podcast is another one with Melissa Knott from City National Bank in Jefferson County. Melissa is going to break down a few banking terms like FDIC, APR. What's the difference between checking and savings banks? I'm sorry, checking and savings accounts. I figure they're the same thing. One has checks, one doesn't, but I assume she's going to tell me the ins and outs. Let's break down some banking terms with Melissa Knott. Hello, Melissa. Welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. This is not your first time being on the podcast, and I appreciate you coming back to help me with uh, banking terms and understanding how banks work or how my money works or there's just a lot involved with banking. So on this podcast, we're going to break down a few terms. The first term, I'm sure everybody has seen this, on the bank door, you see the words, the letters FDIC. Now, before I break, the, before you break it down for me, I'm going to break down what I think it is. Okay. Because when I was five years old, maybe I was four, maybe I was six, I don't know, but I asked somebody, probably my dad or my uncle or whoever I was going to the bank with, I said, what does FDIC mean? Now, please don't judge me, but I have carried around this definition for 40 years. They told me the FDIC is the government. They will give you if the bank ever gets robbed, my money is safe because they will give me my money back and the robber gets away with it or whatever the case is. But no matter what, the, even though the robber took the money, the money will still be in the bank and the government will back that up. Now, damn it, I have carried this for 40 years. And only recently in common conversations did I find out that that's not what it is. Not really. I haven't even thought. We have insurance for that. Yes, but <laughs> I, when you're taught things at a young age, they get put in this fold of your mind and you only really need to think about them only when you really need to. But that sticker has been on the windows for years. It has. Okay, so what does FDIC really mean? So FDIC is Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And what that means is if the bank... And the banking system was to shut down tomorrow. You are federally insured, actually up to two hundred and fifty thousand. Back in the day, it was one hundred thousand, right? Yes, it's now two fifty. However, if there's two of you on a, on an account, it becomes five hundred thousand. If there's two of you on an account and two beneficiaries, it then becomes a million. Well, that doesn't mean. I just get a million dollars. It means I have to have a million dollars in the bank. Yes. It right. just means that if you have that much in there, you now don't have to, you know, give that money out to back in the day. It was, let me put my money in lots of different banks because I only have up to this much insurance. Now, did this all come down due to the bank crashes back in the yes. million years ago or whenever it was? Yes. Right. And the other thing is, is if you're a business, you can only ever, it's only 250. That's the limit on a business account, which isn't really convenient if you're a larger business. So what we do is we actually purchase CDs for you and give you additional insurance. So for such as a big utility account, for example. We'll, we'll talk about CDs in a minute. Okay. But okay. Go ahead and continue. Well, no, I was talking about the fact that we will purchase a CD for you to give you additional insurance on a business account. So you can have everything at one institution now. That old thought of let me spread my money around because if I put all my eggs in one basket and I lose them, that's what they've come up to combat that. I got it. So the government really needed to instill the faith 
in banks, even mm-hmm. though I guess the I should have researched this, but I guess the bank crashes were due to the stock market. Yes, they were. And when you see NCU administration, that's the National Credit Union. So that's the same. It's the credit union version of FDIC. Okay. Because you'll see that when you go to a credit union. So the government can just print off the money that was lost if a bank (laughs) collapsed. Something like that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm glad I know it doesn't have to do with bank robbers. No, no. If you get robbed, we have insurance that covers that. I have been led astray on so many topics, frankly. (laughs) All right. Um, This next one is one I assume I will have numerous podcast conversations about. We hear the acronym APR all the time. It's on my trucks. It's on my house. It's on my credit cards. I don't even know where it's at, but it's become a part of life. Somebody is skimming money based on what I have to pay off or what I'm paying for. And I'm borrowing. I'm using somebody else's money to buy something, and I have to pay a percentage. APR. I've heard like four different versions of what it stands for. What does APR stand for? APR stands for Annual Percentage Rate. Okay. Are you able to describe that easily in a few minutes? Yes. Go for it. So your annual percentage rate is the rate that you are paying or receiving for depositing or borrowing money. It does not account for any compounding interest. Let's stop there. Let's go just on the side of paying. Paying? Yes. So the annual percentage rate is your your rate that you will pay um, each month, Uh, but over the year... Uh, you have a yield, which is a li- always a little bit higher than your annual percentage rate. So you have an annual percentage yield and an annual percentage rate. The rate does not account for compounding interest, whether you're receiving it or paying it, and the yield does. When I hear yield, I think I'm getting money. Does that I know. Mean, it's that very misleading. I'm, so I'm not getting money. I'm paying a yield. It could be for either. So if, if I have a credit card through a bank and I have an APR... At the end of the year, they say your APY, which is your annual percentage yield, is how much I will be paying them over the course of one year? Yes. Okay. Your yield is over a year. I, I think I want to have an entire podcast based on understanding the math behind that. So if your annual percentage rate is 1%, okay, and you multiply that by the number of months which is 12, right? that gives you your annual percentage yield, which is really 12, 12%, 12% over the year. So if I spend $1,000 mm-hmm. and I don't pay for it, well, I don't know how that works, but my point is is that if I pay the minimum, see, this is where I'm totally sideways. In my mind, 12% is $120. Mm-hmm. So that means... Over the course of a year on that $1,000 loan or credit card, you would pay I would pay $120 mm-hmm. over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's 120 divided by 12, which is 10, which means my interest I get hit on for the first month would be $1,010. Mm-hmm. But over the year. But then the next month, it's... 12% of $1,010. Exactly. Yeah. We're not going to break that down <laughs> in enough time for this conversation because 
I really want to know how I can get in front of that and stay healthy with my finances and not get crushed with too many APRs. Because some APRs are 1% or 2%. Some on credit cards are like 28.99% or even higher. Mm -hmm. People really need to know what they're getting into when they agree to those. And that goes back to managing your credit and having those tools to really see what are the best deals out there. Sometimes you can get 0% for 18 months. But then what does it roll to after that? And where will you be on that debt? Exactly. Okay, great. We will touch base on that on another day. Mention, you mentioned earlier CDs, a certificate of deposit. That's also a mystery to me. When I was a kid... <laughs> my mother put some money in a CD. Mm -hmm. Now, I've never really followed up with that. I should talk to her about where that money is, or maybe I did pull it out. Oh, I don't maybe know. Maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe she'll let me know I did, and I don't know what happened to that. But I always thought we were putting it into like a CD, mm -hmm. like a compact disc. So it never <laughs> made sense to me, but... We're just going to put this money in here. They put, it, they put it on some sort of disc. That makes sense, but not really. So what is a certificate of deposit? Why is it good for me? A certificate of a deposit is a really conservative way to earn a little bit of interest on your money. There's different terms anywhere from seven months to five years. And your rates obviously get higher as the terms get longer. And it's 100% guaranteed. You will get that money back because you're not investing it. It's just sitting here at the bank. We make use of it. Sure. So if I give you, what's, what's an average CD size? So minimum um, can be $500. Um, there is, I've seen everything from 500 to 500,000. It just depends. But I can tell you the older generation like CDs. But that's because it used to be five, six, seven percent return. We're now less than two. I see. So if I have ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars of money I don't need mm -hmm. for two years, mm -hmm. you could put that in a CD. We could. Normally, if I deposit money in the bank, you're taking a chunk of my money and you're investing it in other loans yep are you investing it in the stock market no no okay we use it to fund so when we loan money everything we have on deposit we can use to fund those loans and if we have it on deposit with us we're not paying to borrow that money from somewhere else that's an entirely different that's podcast. another podcast i know okay. how banking works yeah that's geez man <laughs> Again, we could have a 12 part series. I know we're talking about things I thought I already knew. Okay. So if I have money that I don't need for two years, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'm a guy who has any money I don't need for two years. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like having all my money and having access to it. That gives you at City National Bank the ability to use my money, the $10,000 and loan it to somebody, maybe to buy a house, mm -hmm. maybe to buy a car. Maybe for a business loan. But no matter what. Oh, wait. So a CD is not loanable money. It's money you just hold. Oh, it's loanable money. Oh, it is loanable we, money. Yeah, we can. Any deposit here is loanable. Okay. But I'm guaranteed to get it back. Uh, absolutely. What kind of money would I give you that I'm not guaranteed to get back? 
Nothing. Okay. We're, we're, we're FDIC insured. Unless you're over that 250 I on a business see. account okay, and, and we don't know it. Man, this gets so deep. All right, then. It is. It could go, we could go a hundred. We could be in here all day. So if I had the two, let's go back to the APR, APY. So if mm-hmm. I give you $10,000 mm-hmm. and it's a 2%, you said, mm-hmm. is that an annual percentage yield of 24% per year? On the $10,000? Is that how that works? Mm, no. Um, for example, and I'll give you a rate that I have in my head, if it's 1.74, mm-hmm. your actual, that's your APR, your yield for the year will be 1.75. Different than a credit card. Different than a credit card. <laughs> credit card's different. They're all different. Man. Okay. I'm doing some math on my my phone right now. So ten thousand okay. dollars times one. Oh, I'm sorry, zero one seven five. That means I would make seventeen hundred fifty dollars on that ten thousand dollars in a year. Yes. And you're just holding my money. We're just holding it. Okay. And if I put it in there for two years, does it compound? So do I now have eleven? That $11,750, then you give me one point seven five on that too? On how you choose to receive your interest, it's typically posted quarterly to your CD, but some people have it just sent to them in the form of a check quarterly. So then, of course, it's not building on that. It's just on your initial amount. But you can build on your yes. balance. It can so, go right back in, and then we can pay you based on that. So over two years... If I let you hold $10,000 for two years, you'll mm-hmm. give me $3,500 back. Mm-hmm. Huh. And if for five years, it's $8,700. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost doubling my money, almost doubling my money by giving it to you. That seems pretty cool. I feel like you guys are printing money also. I don't know. Okay. We might be. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So that's cool. So that's a, that's a, that's a very short example of how CD works. What are we missing on there? See, I mean, CDs are just great little tools to, if you're, for instance, if you're saving for a kid for college, instead of sitting in a savings account, if you don't have something else set up, like an investment, you could just put it in a CD. Right. So. Let that money build. Let me go back to my calculator for a second. So you said the older generations really love CDs because. They were at four and five and six percent. Mm-hmm. So that Let means. Let me check your calculations. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, you better check them. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm, I'm really excited about getting a CD now. I think you might be a little off. Okay, let, let's let's break it down then. Hold on. Because it's one point seven five percent. Yeah, hold on. Zero one seven five. Oh, my God. I was 10x over. Yeah, you're over. Uh, those God, numbers are way off. Man. Hold on. I was getting ready to drop CDs. <laughs> um, all right. That sucks. I think I did 0.175, which would be 17.5% instead of 0.175. Yeah. Which means I'm making $175 interest on $10,000. Yeah, it's going to be for $10,000 oh for a year, God. it's going to be about 175 and then 
Yeah, it's not going to be. 350. Yeah, I was like, man, I need to go get some more CDs based on those calculations. <laughs> totally right. <laughs> I just assumed you knew what you were doing. No, Well, this podcast is explaining how much I don't know what I'm doing and probably what a lot of people don't know what they're doing. It's about doing. 700 bucks a year on 10000 We're also going to have a podcast on how to use calculators the right way. That's coming up in a few weeks. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's wrap this podcast up with the difference between checking and savings banks. In my mind, they're pretty much the same thing. One has checks and one doesn't. But how is one different from the other? So checking is your account that you'll have your checks and your debit card on. That's why it's called, banks call it a DDA, a, deba- um, a demand deposit account, because your money is accessible to you immediately through several avenues. You can move money in and out. You can use checks. You can use your debit card. A savings account typically has no checks, no debit card, and gives you a little bit of interest. Most checking accounts now, you're not getting much interest, if any. So it makes more sense just to put everything in a checking account then? Uh, No, I actually think it makes sense to keep only what you need in your checking account and put the rest of that money in a savings account, out of sight, out of mind. And you're making a tiny bit of interest anyway. You're making a tiny, but you really should have several levels. You should have, and this is maybe another podcast, but you should have your <laughs> checking account. You should have your day-to-day savings, your long-term savings, and your retirement savings. Oh my, so that's diversification of your banking accounts. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for doing a basic breakdown on those four or five terms about banking. I'm sure we'll have a few more of these coming down. And again, this is a great way to identify exactly what you don't know. Because check out how awesome my math was on CDs. And (laughs) I I was was all jazzed up to get a CD. I know, right? Let's all get one. (laughs) But it turns out I was 10x above what the actual... A little bit above. That's why I don't run a bank. All right, Melissa. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Is there anything you wanted to offer or say? Um, About how special the checking accounts at City National Bank are, maybe? We have some great checking and savings accounts with no fees. And depending on your age, how you use an account, we can tailor it to fit you. If you're paying a fee on your checking account, you're in the wrong account. You should come and see me. Okay. I know I do a bunch of... I do all of my checking here, and I'm spoiled by the level of service I get from you guys. But additionally, it seems like the checking accounts here are significantly different than other places I've been at. I can't speak on them. Clearly, my math has been wrong all day, so I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast with that. But definitely come over here to City National Bank and meet up with Melissa and her team, and maybe they can get you set up. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by City National Bank in Ransom, West Virginia. I am Melissa Knott and manage both of our Jefferson County locations. Our Charlestown location is located on George Street in Charlestown, and the Ransom location is located in the Potomac Marketplace Shopping Center. City National Bank is a full-service community bank that provides an array of financial services. We offer a range of free checking accounts and savings products for both consumer and business customers. City National Bank offers competitive low-rate and low-cost lending products for both business and personal needs. Come and talk to me or one of my team members and get products and services that are tailored to fit your schedule and help you to achieve your financial goals. I can be reached at both the Ransom and Charlestown locations. Check out our website at www.bankatcity.com.